We're going to uh, share briefly um, in a word together from Exodus chapter 14. Um, and then we're going to pray. Uh, because I just feel that Father this morning wants to renew things in our lives. And we're going to invite the Holy Spirit uh, to move among us. And we're going to pray for the sick this morning as well. Um, and for those that feel that they are contending um, for things in their lives at this time and stepping into new things. Uh, just a little um, description. Um, uh, it's great to see some, uh, some uh, well-loved faces from uh, years gone by today. Uh, if you don't know who I am, I'm Tim Anderson, uh, part of the Ignite Network from my ministries. Um, and um, our ministry looks to support churches um, like yourselves um, across principally um, the East Anglian region for the part that I'm responsible for. Um, we're, a, we're a family, a team of churches. Um, there are five, um, five churches at the moment with uh, a sixth um, embryonic work uh, pioneer group down in a place called Buntingford. And we're particularly burdened about the parts of particular this Eastern, Eastern Anglia region where there's just small dots of light, not the big dots and, and conglomerates of light. And I'm passionate about seeing God move afresh in market towns, rural communities, and into new developments. Places that sometimes feel a little bit forgotten, Places where churches tend to be smaller and we wonder whether we feel like we're successful because we're small. But I feel there's a fresh message of encouragement to the church across East Anglia that just because you're small doesn't mean you can't be dynamic and powerful and used by God. And actually God is interested as in the small as he is in the big. More big's not better. More's just not better. It's just more. Um, and God cares about the small places. Simon, if we have a quick click on. And so, just want to talk. Uh, just want a reminder about the relationship uh, between Plumline Ministries and Ignite Network. Are we part of the same thing? Yes, we are. If we just click on to the next one. Uh, so, Plumline Ministries International. And there are lines of linkage uh, that you probably can't see on there. Where we're a family, a family of churches, if you like. We've got Plumline Island, and then Simon, uh, uh, who believes in team ministry and empowering people into their callings and their giftings, just as we're committed to that within local church. Um, so we have the family of churches out in, out in Ireland, Plumline Island, and then uh, about three years ago, uh, God. Um, orchestrated it, uh, that Simon uh, moved to the north of Scotland um, and released and enabled me uh, to take on his role of overseeing and supporting the churches here in the east of England um, that became known as Plumline GB. And then we had our, our other network um, of relationships under Plumline, uh, which was um, uh, overseas and other ministries. And Simon and Julia now pioneering in the north of Scotland Again, where there's even less dots of light, um, um, and beginning to pioneer up there. And we have not quite describing that yet as Plumline Scotland, but there's things emerging. And we are a pioneering network 
that seeing the gospel being extended into the difficult, challenging places around our nation. And as I began to step into this new role, um, I just began to think, Plumline GB, it doesn't get me out of bed in the morning. I'm just not like passionate about the plumb line that Simon brought into the, this region 30, 40 years ago, that church was a bit ski with, but there was a fresh revelation that, that John has described so well that there was more to come into. There were new, there was a plumb line of righteousness, a new way of church coming back to how it was originally meant to be was for a time and was for an era. But Simon is so about getting behind people. And, and I was talking to non-Christian marketing people, and they're like, yes, your organization's about plumbing, isn't it? You do taps and baths. <laughs> and I was like, God, no, we're not about taps and baths. I understand the metaphors of the name, but I understand Plumline is a Christian, but I wanted something that my non-Christian friends could get equally excited about, and I could go to funding bodies and talk about what we are. And I was praying to say, Lord, What's the ministry? What's the call of this new area, era? Because God calls us into new things. And sometimes new eras get called new things. And when God is doing a new thing in your life, things are defined in slightly different new ways. Because God is always, behold, I do a new thing. And so one morning I was in prayer and I just felt God say, Tim, you are about igniting new things, and I'm calling you to be part of to be in, be part of a, a movement that's about igniting the fresh things of God across this region. And so we've subtly, with the permission of the trustees and Simon's blessing, have changed Plumline GB to the Ignite Network for what we're doing in this part of the country. So we still operate out of the Plumline. Trust and the Plumline account. I still am very connected with Simon, so he's down south and I'm meeting with him for coffee tomorrow. Very exciting, so I get my support from him in order for me to be able to give my support to leaders and churches um, across this region. And so let's quick, we'll quickly click on. Um, and so we're excited about igniting new things across this region. And our passion is to work together to start and grow healthy, vibrant churches and ministries to transform lives and to transform communities across the east of England and beyond. So how are we doing that? Let's just quickly move on if we could. Um, We're doing it about starting a conversation across the East Anglia that looks at how can we transform our towns? How can we transform our rural communities? What about these new developments? What does the gospel look like in these places? And um, we're looking to bring inspiration, insight, and fresh strategy. And part of your support of me allows me to go out and have coffees with, with, with churches in in places like Stowmarket and Haverhill and these places that I've never really particularly cared about. But as I, but, but as I've looked at a map of our region, I'm like, who's caring about Haverhill? And do you know there's a church in Haverhill that's doing some amazing things? And just beginning to go and talk to some of these leaders, they're like, Tim, you're right. We need, there's precious little vision and strategy and collaboration. We feel a bit isolated. 
And so um, we're excited uh, to be, uh, and with the permission of Tony, uh, to be able to, and we're going to be sowing some finance into this, being able to use Unit 11 uh, for a gathering point from around the region. So our first next gathering uh, will be on the 10th of June, which is my birthday, which I'm so excited about. And I'm looking to have a network of 10 churches there. So five are our own, and we're networking with others to come, and we've got a speaker coming to look at missiology into smaller locations and begin to learn together and collaborate together. And I remember the Tony said, Tim, it's not like we've got all the answers and we're going out to tell everybody in, you know, you know out of Norfolk how to do what they're doing. But he said, because people are sitting on gems where they are and we need to know your best idea that we can share with someone else, which is their breakthrough revelation point for where they are. And we need to start a a conversation and come around together for fresh collaboration. So it's been exciting to connect with people in this, in Norfolk, in Sheringham. And, uh, and, and, and some leaders that have influences and we're coming together on the 14th of uh, May. Uh, we are part of a larger regional conversation that begins to say, what could the gospel look like in a fresh way across East Anglia? And we are part of a movement of a fresh thing that God is doing. So thank you for your support that you give to me to be able to do all this stuff because I feel that we're on the edge of an exciting new day and we get to be part of this. So... Is that helpful as a little introduction to kind of what we're about and what we're doing and what you're part of? And we're, we feel honoured to be part of a family of churches that you get, that we get to be part of the same network as you. And uh, your leaders inspire us and other leaders in the network, and it's a great thing. So, Father, we just want to thank you for what you're doing in these times um, and that you have got more that you want to do. In Jesus' name. Right. Five minutes for the word. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 14. And there's just one thing that I feel that Father wants to affirm in each of us today. And he wants to whisper into your heart and my heart today. He simply wants to say, I am your way maker. I am your way maker. God is the God who makes a way where there seems to be no way. James says, um, count it all joy when you fall into various trials because it is, <laughs> it's going to grow your endurance and your faith. Um, all of us, how many of you feel like you're in a trial right now? <laughs> how many of you feel like you're just heading out of a trial? I'm hoping John's saying I'm feeling I'm coming out of like a tough time. And, and, and uh, that's fine. And the rest of us are probably about to head into a trial. I mean, there are times I had back in the late autumn, I was like, God, life's sweet. Nothing's wrong. I'm like, what? And I'm looking across my world and like, what could go wrong? <laughs> I just feel so blessed. I feel got a great team, family's generally a good place. And then all of a sudden it all kicks off. I think, where did that come from? I didn't ask for that. It, we fall it, and we're either in a trial, coming into a trial, or coming out of one. And God is with us in the middle of our trial. He is with us, and he walks with us. And we don't need to be overwhelmed. And I've been encouraged just recently by Moses. When he had led the people of Israel 
out of captivity, out of slavery, and we know the story so well, when he was standing and he led them out. And in verse 10 it says, as Pharaoh approached, when Pharaoh realized that the Israelites had legged it, he's like, ha there's my workforce, there's my essential electricity source that makes everything happen in our country. And what, we're letting them go? So he whips his armies into shape and we're going to chase them down. So they are escaping on their donkeys. That's not fast. And they're coming on their chariots. Woohoo, woohoo. That is fast. It's a pressure moment. And as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and they panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out to die in the wilderness? It would have been so more comfortable to die at home. Why would he want to die in this place? Why have you brought us here? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What were, what have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? And we said, leave us alone, Moses. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. Uh, It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. It's that bad. They're weighing up how bad it was. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. There was nothing to be calm about. And yet God said, be calm in the middle of your trial. And I feel the Lord would just want to say today to some of you, be still and be calm. Because God is going to fight for you. And then he goes on, and then the Lord said to Moses, so that's what God, that's what Moses is saying to the people, and then the Lord says to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people, get moving. I love, how many of you are action people here? How many of you can't stand people moaning and groaning, and you think, just get on with it? Well, that's a bit like God. Like, why are you sitting here whining in the desert? Why are you standing whining in the moment of the heat? Get on and get moving. Some of us need to get on and get moving and be a people of not just faith, but a people of action. And our faith, James was contending, faith and works. You have to add works to your faith. Peter, it would no, be no, no ridiculous for him to stand in that boat and say, Jesus, I aspire to be with you now. I am just feeling it right now. I am walking in water right now. Oh, Jesus. But he's sitting in the boat. He's never going to walk on water if he doesn't put his action to his faith. And it was when he stepped out of the boat that he began to put action to his faith and he began to see the miracles happen now. Faith will get you connected into eternity, but faith and action will see you walking in your inheritance right now. And that's where we need to be people who walk in faith and action today. 
And as a church, it's about putting our heart and our action. And if there's one thing that we can take from John's example, now his example to us, is a couple who have put their action where their faith is and have stepped into the plate, up to the plate and sown into this fellowship. And that is a testimony to a next generation of people that will arise in this fellowship to be of the same kind of spirit of people that are of faith and action. Some people, we have in our football club, people have got lots of things to say on the side, but will not help put the goals our way. They will not bother to lift a finger. And you think, no, you have to be. If you want a voice, have some action, have some skin in the game. And then you have a right to complain. Well, no, you don't, but you know what I mean. Uh, then you have to have a voice. And let's be people of action and not just talk. This world has got so much twittering on Twitter that isn't actually great. And people are looking for action. We're in a world where our actions will speak more than our words, unfortunately. And so let our actions mean something. And God said to Moses, tell the people to get moving. And he said, pick up your staff and raise your hand over that sea. Because what was a pressure point here for Moses was the Pharaoh's armies were pressing in behind, kind of hemmed in pressure. Some of you feel in a pressured, hemmed in situation. But they looked ahead and there was no way forward. It was just sea. Like, how are we meant to get from our slavery into our destiny and freedom? And he was like, I don't know how to do it. And, and it was a panic situation. But he said, tell the people to get moving, pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea and divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of, um, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they will charge in after the Israelites into the sea, and great glory will be displayed because they will be drowned. Um, yeah, interesting context. But the heart in this is this. I love there's something for me to do, and there's something that's God's to do. I love how God in that moment said to Moses, uh, you part the sea, you do the water bit, and I'll change the hearts. <laughs> I love it. And, and there's things that God has got for you to participate with him in. There's miracles there's breakthroughs that are for you to be involved with God in. Like they multiplied, the disciples multiplied the bread. Well, it's God that multiplied the bread, but they were involved with that miracle of Jesus handed out the fish and the loaves. And as the disciples were action, putting their action to, to, to you know, to, to the word, they were seeing the bread and the fish multiplying out of their hands. And they were part of the miracle. And there's part of action that God's got for you to be part of with him. And then there's the stuff that only God can do. Because we cannot change a heart, can we? But it's God who changes hearts. And there's things that we are leaning into God for God to do. Say, God, can you change that situation? I cannot do that. But God say, and we worry about the stuff that we can't do when it's actually God's to do. And so let's be in on what God wants to do through us 
and as God has got for us to do. And through this, um, Moses put his faith into it, into action, and he put his rod over that sea, and he said, be. Well, I don't know what he said. Well, what was he meant to say? Uh, and raise her hand. And I oh, didn't say anything. Don't use words. Just action. And as he did, a miracle began to happen. And they began to go over on dry ground. And I just feel the Lord saying today, I want you to know that I am the one who will make a way. Simon, can we just click through? I just want us to, to be reminded of the scripture from Isaiah 43, where it says, when the Lord says, I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. But forget all that, because it is nothing compared to what I am going to do in the sending, ultimately, of his son to die at the cross, not just to save one family, the Israel family, but to save the family of the nations. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness, and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And I feel that God's saying today that for you as a church, for us as individuals, God is saying, I am going to make a way. And behold, I'm doing something new. And the Lord is about renewing things. And it's about embracing the new. The new can be about change and about feeling like we're going through time of change. And we've heard about change. It'll be a change uh, for John and Alba, but it's also a change for the fellowship in terms of not having them around. And what does that feel like? And and, and, and a new day. But the Lord would want to say to all of us, there's an exciting new thing that he is doing. And we honour the past, but we look to the future. We will not compare the time. Even when it gets tough, we won't say, well, why did we leave? Why did, why did we leave Egypt? We didn't want just to die in this place. God's saying, no, even when you get those doubt moments, you, we are on a track forward in God that he wants to do. And I felt the Lord would just want to say today that he wants to renew things in our hearts and our lives. And this is about renewing and doing a new thing. And I think today that's to do with some of our bodies getting renewed, having fresh energy. And it feels like you've been attacked by sickness and it feels like you're contending for breakthrough. And today I feel God just wants to affirm his love and to place energy in your being afresh for walking in strength and walking in vitality. Others of you feel like you are walking through a trial right now. And if you feel like Moses and Israel hemmed down that bank, like the part, what's behind you is, is awful, what's ahead of you, there's no options. And you're like, Lord, it might be a work situation. And today you're saying, God, I am just trusting you. I will put my rod of authority over that situation. And, and for some it will be look like prayer and fasting and breaking through on some stuff. But the Lord would just want to say, he is your way maker. Do not panic. Do not fear. Because God is fighting for you. Let's just stand together. If we have the band up... Uh, And I, 
The Holy Spirit is here. Oh my goodness, the Holy Spirit, he is amazing. Uh, he takes what is of Jesus and he, he, he imparts revelation to us. He is your helper. He is your counselor. He is our standby. He is, he, uh, he is the anointer of our heads with the, with the oil and the anointing of the presence of God. Not just for Sundays, funny enough, but for Monday and Wednesday morning. Knowing the anointing of God as you walk into your place of work. Oh my goodness, I thank you for your holy presence that abides within these temples. And so I just want to invite us, if you would will today, say, Lord, we want to know you afresh, your renewing heart, your renewing work. Just to open up your hands in front of you as a a gesture of that ancient Christian posture which is, Lord, I'm open. Lord, we pray. And Holy Spirit, I invite you to come right now. Thank you that you're here, sent as the gift from the Father through the completed work of Jesus at the cross. And Holy Spirit, we honor your presence. And I pray right now that you would just come and be filling Filling hearts, filling lives afresh right now. Just fresh fire. Just a new joy that's not based on circumstance. But Lord, is implanted by your holy presence in our hearts and lives. God, I want to thank you for rivers of living water just beginning to flow again. Lord, I thank you that you're making a way right now where there seems to be no way. We trust you with these situations. We give them up to you right now. Lord, as we just step off the bank and into into the water, as we take new steps forward into uncertain places, Lord, we go in faith. And we thank you, God, that you are the way maker. Holy Spirit, come. Come, Lord Jesus.